and sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Every country has made crystal clear to Maduro and those who are supporting him, including the Cubans, uh, taking, taking out the duly elected leader, the constitutionally elected interim president in Venezuela, would be a significant escalation. This is not limited to the border. So if people think this is just a border security issue, it's not, because these individuals are not staying at the border. They may be there for a day or two while they're waiting for transit, but they're coming to every community in this country. Democrats have come up with a lot of very radical ideas recently. They want to eliminate the Electoral College, pack the Supreme Court, a universal health care. But this prison precinct plan is going a little bit too far. And now, Stacey Washington. Oh, yeah. Welcome into the program. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, we have a ton of things that we're going to be digging into. We're going to start off with a little bit of information about Bernie Sanders and this whole felon voting thing. And I have an interesting point I want to make about that. And I want you guys to start looking for this whenever you see Democrats advocating for new policies. I want you to just have a couple of questions in the, the forefront of your minds. So we're going to be getting into that. Um, we have Rob Chambers. He's an AFA Action Vice President. We're going to be talking about American Family Association, which is our parent, full disclosure, how we oppose this idea that the Democrats have of implementing something that they call the Equality Act. We're against it. We're against it. We're against it. So we're going to be talking with him. Um, and we're also going to be taking your calls at 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we, we have to, I guess it's like every time we turn around, we have to kind of reorient ourselves and have almost like a boot camp atmosphere on how we're going to deal with what is being foisted upon us on, on just the regular by Democrats. And one of these things that we've kind of touched on a little bit is this felons voting thing. Now, I was waiting for it. In fact, I was pretty sure I heard it already, but I, kinda, I was like, no, I, I know they're not going to do that. Because remember how they were able to get homosexual marriage or homosexual unions turned into marriages is by using the language of the civil rights era, taking the mantle that blacks rightly had in fighting for equality after the end of slavery, taking that language, the, the tactics that were used then, and the overall sense of moral superiority, which there was a sense of moral superiority because blacks did deserve to be treated the same as everyone else, to, to be able to access the Constitution and its protections in, in all of its different forms. And that was appropriate. It is not appropriate to equate being black, which is an innate characteristic, to choices that people make in certain arenas of their lives. In other words, the choice to be in a relationship with someone who is the same sex as yourself. That is immoral, according to the Bible. Being black is not immoral. And no place in the Bible does God take black people out of the, the mix of his creation and say, this group of people I created are bad. He, he, none of his creation is bad. He doesn't create anything bad. And we have choices, we can make decisions, but God doesn't create certain, certain of his creation is just bad. No, mm -mm, that, that's not biblical. So it's interesting that, of course, if you see something as successful, don't you try to use it over and over again? Don't you take a successful paradigm and try to use it to replicate those results again and again and again? And so that was, that's what we're seeing here. So I want you to listen for well, it's pretty obvious, but I still want you to listen for it because we have to train our ears to be able to hear this falsehood, these lies, these uh, acts of deception. We have to be able to hear them right away so that we can freeze them, pinpoint them and stop them from seeping in being a part of what we believe. Because right now there are tens of millions of Americans who believe that being a homosexual person is the same as being a black person. Now, it's true that all people are people, but the choice of who you decide to have a relationship with, sexual or otherwise, is nothing like the innate characteristic of being born and having a permanent tan. We've discussed this so many times on the show before, but here we are again. I'm drawing the parallel from that to this because Bernie Sanders knows what works. He knows how to make people feel guilty and pull on their heartstrings. And one way to do that is to point to the struggle of the black community and then have whatever the new thing is, assume that mantle of victimhood because blacks aren't victims anymore. 
We were once enslaved, some of the blacks you see around these parts, not all of them. And now we experience the same level of equality as everyone else. We have achieved parity in every area and any disparities that exist are now a combination of different factors, not due solely to racism. And I said that loud enough for the people in the back. Holler if you hear me, repeat it again and again, get it into ourselves because it's time for us to let go of that. We are no longer victims of racism as a factor that can prevent us from accessing the American dream. So here is Bernie Sanders, and I apologize in advance for making you listen to his voice in that accent. But this is important for us to pick out because you're you're now going to have to go out into your own community. You're, you're being deputized here. You're going out into your community, into your arena. And when you hear people say, well, the thing is, felons are people too, and they need to be able to vote because blacks were able to get the right to vote. You have to say, when did black people as a whole become the equivalent of lawbreakers, rapists, terrorists, criminals, con- convicts? When, were, when did it become that all black people are the equivalent of that? So just listen to what he's saying here. It's number three. If somebody commits a serious crime, they're going to go to jail. And if they're violent people, they may spend the rest of their lives in jail. That's the way it is. You pay a price when you commit a crime. But this is what I believe. At a time when the Republican Party and Donald Trump are working overtime to suppress the vote, to make it harder for people of color, poor people, young people to vote, we have got to make it clear, in my view, that if you are an American citizen, even if you do something terrible, even if you're a bad person, we cannot take away your right to vote whether you're in jail or whether you left jail, clearly what Republicans are doing is trying to deny people of color the right to vote. And this is an issue I think we have to address head on. Okay. So the first thing that I've heard bandied about by a number of different people around, commentators, et cetera, et cetera, is that 90% of the people who are incarcerated in this country are black. That is ridiculously false on its face. And it's so easy to find out how many black people or what percentage of the prison population is black. So the reason I saved this to do it right here in front of you is so you could hear me type in what percentage of prison pop. Oh, look, I don't even need to type it in. What percentage of prison inmates are black? What percentage of prison inmates are white? What percentage of prison is black? What percentage of prison are juveniles? What percentage of prison are murderers? So this is something that people have Googled so much that it pre-populates when you type it in. So I hit enter. I'm on Bing, by the way. I don't use Google. And the Federal Bureau of Prisons has data right here. And of course, they have answers.com, et cetera, et cetera. But the Federal Bureau of Prisons is BOP.gov. They actually show that Asian is 1.5%, black 37.7%. And Native American, 2.3%. White, 58.5%. This is the Federal Bureau of Prisons, which is a smaller, you know, the federal criminal division or, or you know, population of prisoners who are, are convicted of federal pro- crimes is a smaller percentage of the total prison population in the United States. But it's pretty representative. So overall blacks represent 37.7% and whites 58.5%. So first off, first thing you got to do is never allow it to be in your mind that every jail in America, every prison, all of them are just full to the brimming 90% black and every and then 10% everybody else. If that's the case, then how would there even be any black people left to run around in this country? Right? <laughs> so that we know that's not true. The second thing we have to debunk here is that the reason he wants to have felons voting it has anything to do with enfranchising black people. Even though blacks have an outsized representation in prison in comparison to our percentage of the population as a whole, 13.8% in comparison to 37.5 or what was that I just said? Yeah, 37.7. It in no way means that people who have been convicted of crimes and are rightly deprived of their right to vote under our constitution and our Anglo-Saxon legal system that somehow they're being disenfranchised by white Republicans, which is what he asserts. This isn't about white Republicans, Republicans at large, or any people as a group, as a political party, trying to disenfranchise people. Everyone's aware, unless they just got here like 10 minutes ago, that if you break the law in America and you get convicted of a felony, that you lose your right to vote. 
that's that's known before these people rob banks, rape people, murder people. And in the case of the Sonarev brothers, I keep messing their name up. They blew people up. They committed acts of terror. So the other thing uh, is that most people who are criminals are not they're, they're not in your most frequent voter category before they go into prison. They're not running around doing you know political campaigns or volunteering or knocking doors. So they're much less likely to vote when before they go to prison because they're, they're, they're criminals and then they commit crimes, they get convicted. And when they come out, very few of them, some, some do, but very few of them actually seek to have their voting rights restored. And the ones that do, they do so because they have rehabilitated themselves and they want every aspect of their life to be representative of what their friends and neighbors have, their family members have, because they rehabilitated themselves. It is ludicrous to say that while someone is serving a prison term for raping or murdering or doing any felony at all, dealing drugs, trafficking people, that while they're in jail, they should get to vote and impact our election system and how the rest of us live. The reason he's doing this is because they can put issues before prisoners. And that because think about it. I had someone say to me, the reason I want to do it is because I have a lot of constituents in jail because a lot of criminals are Democrats. Now, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to say that 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 I agree with that. But they feel like they have inroads there. They can get to people in prisons. They can sway them on issues. They can promise them things just like they've promised everybody else things. If you're sitting alive in America today, the Democrats have promised you something. They promised you free health care. Um, they've promised you that they'll take money from rich people and give it to you. They promised you that roads and bridges would be built during the Obama administration. They promised you that green energy, wind power and solar would take over and completely eclipse the use of fossil fuels. They promised you that Barack Obama would roll back the uh, melting of the polar ice caps and he would make all things right in this country. They promised every one of us some hope and change. You've got none of that. You have received none of those things. And so one more point I want to make about this, and this is the part that gets my goat. I get insulted at this point because we just heard Bernie Sanders try to equate felons with other minorities, specifically blacks. Whenever the Democrats want to get something for a constituency group, they try to turn them into the new de facto black people. Now, notice they haven't helped the black people at all. If you are one of the black people, as I am, and you live in an inner city, you're ruled over by Democrats. They're taxing you to within an inch of your life, and you're still getting subpar services. The schools are just horrible, and there's a lot of crime. They haven't given you anything. They've promised you a ton, but they've given you nothing. Now, if you're white and you live in the inner city, you're still the recipient of their lack of largesse because you live in an area that's overtaxed and has poor services and the schools are no good. What he's doing is he's saying we have to give felons the right to vote because 90 percent of them are black. And if black people are somewhere and aren't voting, that's the fault of white Republicans. And what I want to know is when did being black being the equivalent of become the equivalent of being a felon? And that's the insinuation there. And, and if we aren't careful, we don't catch this stuff. He says so much idiotic stuff. I don't blame you if you're sitting there like, well, I mean, how am I, I don't even like listening to the man. I know you don't. Neither do I. This, this isn't one of those situations where I'm blaming you for not listening to Bernie Sanders. But this man is speaking to millions of young people. And before long, he'll have convinced them, just like he's convinced them, he and the Democrats have convinced huge swaths of America that being gay is the same as being black. So their sin is the same as the sin of being black, that being black is a sin. Work with me here. And then he's going to do the same thing about people who've committed felonies. And God bless the folks who are actually in prison and serving their time and they're rehabilitating themselves and they're working on coming out. It is possible to be rehabilitated after committing a felony and go on to live an amazing American life. But we can't allow the fact that that can happen to mean that being black is the same as being a felon. I'm not going to allow it. So let me give you this. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right, just, and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. That's right. It's the word of God. We need more of it. 
Hi, this is Fred Jackson, News Director here at American Family Radio and for OneNewsNow.com. You know, in the journalism business, we ask our reporters when they're doing interviews to kind of focus on five major questions. Who, what, why, where, and when? Now, the most important of those five, I think, and what makes us stand out from other news services is when we ask the question, why? Why are things the way they are in our country today? Unlike other news services, our source of truth is God's Word. That's why we need you right now to continue to support us more than ever before. Our country needs the truth, the absolute truth that comes from God's Word. And that is what we do and strive to do on a daily basis with your help. So we hope that you will continue to support our mission to educate and motivate and bring this country back to God. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. Sometimes I've got too much going on. You've probably been there too. In order for me not to forget stuff, I need to be reminded. My wife, Karen, might call me to remind me of something. I've been known to leave notes in prominent places around the house or in my car. And where would I be without my administrative assistant or reminders on my phone? Some things are way too important to forget. In Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 41, God underscores that we need to remember and be reminded of these very crucial things. Listen to these words. The Lord also spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, and tell them that they shall make for themselves tassels on the corners of their garments throughout their generations, that they shall put on the tassel of each corner a cord of blue. It shall be a tassel for you to look at and remember all the commandments of the Lord, so as to do them. I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. God said, do something physical. The blue tassel was God's visible reminders. Basically, he says, remember the commandment of the Lord. Stay in the word of God. Remember to obey God. That tassel says, don't do what you want to do. Do what God says. Also, remember your sole allegiance is to God. God says, I am the Lord your God. Don't let your heart be divided. Let it be completely yielded to me. Well, here's what I want you to remember and do today. Keep a prayer journal. Go back to it often. It will remind you of what you need to continue to do. Join Crawford Loritz tomorrow for another Legacy Moment. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, I'm so excited to be back with you and to have our next guest with us. We have Rob Chambers. He is AFA Action Vice President. And thank you so much for joining the show today, Rob. Hey, great. Thanks, Stacy. Okay, so this is something that is really, I'm, I'm completely in agreement with American Family Association in opposing this. And when I saw that, that this had come down, I actually was thinking we got to have somebody on to talk about it. And then I got the email, hey, you know, everybody, let's, let's mm-hmm. do this. And so it's, that's why it's so important for you to join us today and talk about exactly what this is. Um, first of all, what is the Equality Act? It sounds like something we should want. Yeah, equality sounds like who's going to be against equality? Like who who would be against uh, being equal? Uh, but Stacy, this is a real misnomer. Uh, it's a, it, they uh, Democrats have turned uh, equality turned that term on its head and basically have used that term uh, to mislead uh, the voting public, um, taking advantage of an uninformed electorate, and basically uh, this bill will be a wrecking ball against religious liberty in the United States. It will basically gut the First Amendment. Now, one of the things that just just in the last segment, and a clear-cut example of what this would kind of eliminate is how I was discussing how innate characteristics like being black, like I am, mm-hmm. are not the same as a sexual choice like the decision to engage in same-sex activity of any kind. Um, that would be something that would be prohibited. Me saying things like that, tweeting things like that, writing about it. 
um, employers believing it, people donating to organizations like ours that believe that in their, you know, in their private time. This would criminalize all of that behavior. Well, it well it would, but even even beyond that, it would uh, it would also force businesses um, uh, who's would provide public accommodations for like a restroom, things like that. Your business, if you're a business owner, or even if you work at a business, then the restroom facility uh, there, men who think they're women would be forced or would be allowed to use uh, that restroom or the restroom of their choice. Basically, the Equality Act would nationalize the Target policy bathroom policy that is so the democrats are really interested in passing this This isn't the first time they've brought this up Mm -mm. Um, they're aware of the religious freedom ramifications and they know that it would eventually end up with there being a case that would you know some employer somewhere would say i'm not letting men into the women's bathrooms or i'm not hiring a man who thinks he's a woman and dresses as a woman but isn't you know doesn't appear to be a woman um, or changes mid-work, like one day they're a man, mm-hmm. the next day they come and they're a woman. Rob, th- this would eventually end up at the Supreme Court. They must know that, and the Supreme Court right now does lean to the right a little bit. Why are they trying to get this through now? Well, I think they see it as a last-ditch effort. You know, uh, whenever you know, s- whenever Satan is, is under attack uh, by righteousness, he's going to rear up his head, he's going to dig in, and he's going to throw everything at at the church that he possibly can. This is a, you have a Democratic Party who, who only controls the House, and they're digging in, and they're trying to do whatever they can uh, at this midnight hour in order to advance their agenda. Now, I don't I don't think that Mitch McConnell, Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, will bring this up for a vote uh, on the Senate side, uh, I don't think. Uh, there's some legislation over there. It's called the uh, Fairness for All um, mm-hmm. legislation that's equally problematic. But uh, what we're concerned about, Stacy and listeners, is is that the House will add uh, provisions in the Equality Act into appropriation legislation, like the uh, National Defense Authorization uh, Bill that will that's uh, forthcoming, and add the Equality Li- uh, Equality Act or provisions therein to that must pass legislation. So now you're talking about the procedural maneuvers that brought us things like Obamacare That's and right. other other crazy items. And That's this right. is important, Rob. I'm I'm so glad that you're you're laying that out there because a lot of times what we'll do, I, I do it myself. I'll say, Oh, they're proposing something crazy and they'll say, Oh, well, that'll never get through the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of just put it on the back burner. I'm like, oh, you know, I'll pray about that. But I'm, that's, that's not something that's going to happen right now. I'll go to something that looks like it's another fire that's much more likely to happen. But what you're talking about is something the Democrats have done with success over and over again, which is attach these, these little bits of nastiness mm-hmm. to appropriations bills. And then they'll scream, the Republicans don't want to fund our veterans. The Republicans don't want to fund the National Children's Health Insurance Program. Uh, you know, they don't want to f- fund federal employees. We're going to have to shut the government down because the Republicans are squabbling over two lines. And That's so right. the Republicans cave. And then we have bits of this bill passed into law. That's right. Yeah. You know, President Trump would, let's say, uh, uh, we hope that the Senate wouldn't pass uh, a national defense spending bill with uh, Equality Act type uh, riders attached to it. But if, it, if, it, if they do and it goes to the president, then the president is going to be forced. Am I going to veto this bill? And then the left is going to create the narrative you mean to tell me, President Trump, you don't, you're going to veto this bill over something as simple as equality for all, and then, uh, then there we will be as a country. And this is going to happen, uh, listeners, this is going to happen sooner than, than later. Uh, the fiscal year ends uh, in September, end of September, so we'll be facing these issues really soon. So let's go over a few more of the reasons why this is so problematic. And and we're we're not dealing in hyperbole here. Rob, as you can hear from his voice, is not you know prone to you know waxing poetic and exaggeration. So we're not this this isn't us saying this is such a serious issue, but it's really kind of minor. We're talking about fundamental constitutional protections being rolled back by the Democrats so that they can pander to their constituencies, which are increasingly Rob the mentally ill. Mm-hmm. Well, what what the Democrats are, have done, one thing that they've done is is in this act, equal, so-called Equality Act, is that they are rolling back the Religious Freedom Restoration Act in this piece of legislation. The Religious Freedom Restoration Act was was uh, passed in 1993 under President Bill Clinton, 
and uh, members of both sides of the aisle overwhelmingly supported the bill, and uh, and it is now law. But now what Democrats are doing is saying uh, in this bill, by removing the Religious Freedom Restoration Act as a vehicle to defend uh, citizens in America from government uh, overreach or violation of their religious liberty, they, they won't have that type of defense. So basically what Democrats are doing is throwing uh, people of faith, uh, kicking them to the curb and saying the only place that you are basically able to have your religious beliefs on, say, human sexuality and marriage is the space between your ears and also maybe even in your church. But what this thing, what this bill is going to do, uh, and I want to read to you uh, a, a few sections, if I may. Uh-huh. It says, each of the following establishment which serves the public is a place of public accommodation. Now, these are the places where uh, your religious freedom will not be in check or be defended. Uh, basically, in hotels, restaurants, theaters, concert halls, sports arenas, stadiums, uh, or other place of establishment that provides exhibition, entertainment, recreation, exercise, amusements, gathering, or display, any establishment that provides a good or service, including a store, shopping center, salon, bank, gas station, etc. So all of these places where you would think you would be able to have your uh, right to privacy protected in a, in a restroom, for example, then that is no longer going to be there. If you're going to a theme park and you're taking your children there and your child says, I need to go to the restroom, then your child is going to be subject. Uh, we saw this in Hershey in Hershey Park in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, where they changed their bathroom policy to allow uh, men who think they're women into the girls' restroom. And so parents, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect everyone, Stacy. Everyone that is living and breathing in the United States, this will be a train wreck. Uh, basically a, a wrecking ball against religious liberty in our country. And we've already seen that a lot of these people with the, you know, the illness of transgenderism, what they do is they dress like a regular person. They get hired. And then after they've been there for a little bit and passed the probationary period, they show up to work one day dressed as another gender. That's right. And then they, they'll say, um, and sometimes like in the one case I read over the air the other like couple weeks ago, the guy actually sent a letter first. He was like, mm-hmm. I've gone through a transition, yada, yada. But when he showed back up to work, he still looked like a man only with makeup and, you know, hair and whatnot. So this business, a funeral home, they that's, didn't, they don't, they couldn't have that, right? That's right. Um, they're front facing. This guy was the director. So mm-hmm. he was the one who every family grieving, they come in, he's their first point of contact and he's the last person they see before they leave. And so they just said, look, we're going to pay you a severance. We, we, we mm-hmm. respect your right to do whatever you want to do. But for our business, and he, he, he refused. He refused not to work there. In other words, he felt he had the right to force them to accommodate him in his new presentation. And it, the whole point of it, if you ask me, I mean, I'm, I'm a mom. I think sometimes, you know, with, with moms, we can see a kid coming around the corner with some drama. And you're like, don't bring that in here. Mm-hmm. And kids know better. But these transgender people don't. They're there to flout whatever laws make you do so you basically have to bow down rob Mm -hmm. and that's that's what this law will do is make all of us bow down we'll be bowing down at church moms will be bowing down with their kids at the ymca after you swam Mm -hmm. everywhere that's right and also in in, uh, also in religiously affiliated hospitals for example we know most of our uh, hospitals are are faith-based organizations and uh, Mm -hmm. hr5 would mandate all healthcare professionals and providers uh, perform gender transition uh, procedures that go against many of these providers' best medical judgment, and not to mention their deeply held moral or even religious convictions. So uh, if you're a healthcare worker, if you work at a hospital, then uh, then you will be subject to this as well. And when you talk about the hospital situation, um, here in St. Louis, we I, I don't know of a major hospital here that's not either, you know, the background is Jewish, Catholic, or um, we have a lot of a lot of Catholic hospitals here. And when I say Catholic, I mean, there's statues of the Virgin Mary in praying, you know, and there's fountains mm-hmm. with the Virgin Mary rising up out of them. But more than that, there's scripture all over the walls. There's um, there's prayer like you can you can walk by someone's room on your way to your 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 appointment. I'm not talking about in the hospital where there's rooms. I mean, I'm on my way to a therapy room, you know, to get examined or something. And I can hear people praying together over, you know, over their illness. These are religious institutions that have, for as long as we've known, provided the health care that has made American health care and health insurance and the things that we do here 
the very tip of the spear mm-hmm. in innovation and development and research and every it's just it's the best you can get in the world. That's right. Besides the Israelis. <laughs> they just mm-hmm. don't have space for everybody and we do. So I mean, we're talking about completely obliterating that. Well, it is. And that's uh, I think that's another attempt uh, is a backdoor way or approach even for the uh, Democrats and the left to just basically obliterate any type of sense of privatization of, 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 of health care. You know, they want a, a single payer uh, system. And so they're going to do whatever they can to uh, throw whatever they can at the uh, privatization of, of health care to basically destroy it and basically force uh, government control over health care. That's what they want. <coughs> So what should we do? Um, as you know, Rob, that I hate when we have stories like this, but we're we're early into this thing, and enough people listen to AFR. What you know, our shareathon last week was testimony to the power of what God has done here through mm-hmm. the Wildmans in this ministry, and we do have a lot of people who are activated who want to stop things like this from happening. Well, there are a couple of things, Stacy, and I'm glad you asked. Uh, first and foremost, is to pray, pray for our legislators that they would have wisdom, discernment, that they would that they would see what the the wise and right thing and just thing to do is, uh, that they would see through the nonsense, they would see through the um, the uh, mischaracterization of the Equality Act, and that they would indeed uh, vote against this. Um, I understand that there's a handful of, of Republicans that have uh, or co-sponsors to this piece of legislation in the House. But I've uh, in a call recently, I understand that as many as 20 or 30 Republicans will vote for this in the House. But now, if you are in areas where you have a Republican uh, member of Congress, I urge you to call your member of Congress and and ask them to vote against the Equality Act. Strongly encourage them to vote against it. And then also reach out to your friends and family, your neighbors, encourage them to contact their member of Congress. I understand this vote is probably going to be coming up uh, soon, could even come up uh, next week. Um, I've been told about a month ago it was going to come up this spring. So um, I've, I heard earlier that it was going to be next week. So I uh, don't know for certain, but call, let them know, and also pray. And um, and and light their, light their phone lines up. Go on their social media. Tweet about it. Go to their Facebook account and, and make this thing a public matter. And, uh, and we have to be bold and courageous in these days. We have to defend what God has created. In the beginning, he created man, male and female. In the image of, of God, he created them, male and female. We have mm-hmm. to stand up for biblical truth. We have to stand upon it and not be afraid. We have to advance that in the public square and not be afraid. God has not called us to have a spirit of fear. Amen. And so, Rob, I want to just point out something that we were so giddy about last week, and I was still geeking out about it on Monday and Tuesday, um, which is that we had a record number of people call last week during Shareathon. Mm-hmm. It was so much of a record that we were just, you know, internally we were we were rejoicing, but we were shocked. God knocked us mm-hmm. off our feet. 13,000 plus individuals. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a case where we need, a, you know, a donation. We were so grateful for last week. God really moved and the listening audience was so amazing. But we're looking for that same kind of activation this Absolutely. week on this issue. 13,000 phone calls from across the country is is the equivalent of burning the phone lines down. It really is, Stacy. It really is. Contact your member of Congress. Call call the uh, Capitol in D.C. Let and, and it's easy. Call the number. I'm sorry, I don't have the number here, but it's easy to find out. You can look it up. But uh, contact your uh, member of Congress. Let them know. Uh, and a lot of times, one phone call when a when a uh, legislator gets about ten phone calls, they it really bumps up to the next level, probably even to the chief of staff. And then they say, "Hey, look, we're getting a lot of calls on this." So it's really important. And then also, when they receive one phone call, they equate that to about ten other voters in their district that had the same mindset. So the more uh, that that you call and have your friends and family to call. The uh, your voice is basically amplified, so we really need to do that. And, uh, and I'll give them the number. Uh, I just looked it up while you were talking. Uh, the the White House switchboard, where basically you get put in, an operator asks you which member you'd like to, which member's office you'd like, mm-hmm. and you tell them your congressperson's n- uh, name, and mm-hmm. they will put you into their switchboard, into their their phone line. Two zero two four five six one four one four two zero two. Four five six one four one four. I'll put this into the live stream so you guys will have this number. Um, Rob Chambers, AFA Action Vice President. I think we can get this done. We can stop this. All right. 
Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on today, Rob. And we will be back with more Stacey on the Right right after this. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Jay Warner Wallace. I think we're blessed as Christians that we don't believe something that's not rooted in history. We believe something that had to actually occur. As Paul said, if the resurrection didn't actually occur in history, we're to be pitied. And that's the beautiful thing about Christianity is it's something you can actually investigate. I'm grateful for that because as an investigator, that's exactly how I came to faith. The Marriage, Family, and Life Conference is coming June 20th through 22nd. Learn more and register at urbanfamilytalk.com. There's a particular reason why there is a Back to God radio show. It was about four years ago, God called me out of the pulpit and said, Dexter, I need you to go tell my people it's time for them to get back to God. Back to my morals, back to my values. This is the thing that you're supposed to do simply because you belong to the Most High God. It's the least that you can do for a God that loves you the way that He does. Time to get back to God. Weekday afternoons at 4 Central on Urban Family Talk. This is Poll Paris with Fox News Director of Polling, Dana Blandon. Lots of heated debate about building a wall between the U.S. and Mexico and closing the southern border. With all that, these Fox News poll results might surprise you. Americans have a positive feeling toward immigrants. That's right. By a two-to-one margin, voters say immigrants help rather than hurt the country. And Americans don't want to close the border. A majority says President Trump's threat to shut the border as a way to pressure Mexico to stop the flow of migrants is a bad idea. Among partisans, Republicans are alone in thinking closing the border is a good idea and that immigrants hurt rather than help the U.S. In fact, 38% of Republicans say immigration is the biggest problem facing the country today. That's about five times the number of Democrats and independents who put it at the top of the list. Overall, 21% say the top problem is immigration, followed by the economy and health care. I'm Dana Blanton, and that's your Poll Paris. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, what I want to do now is go to the phones. Um, we have a couple of callers. Yes, the call lines are 866-963-2037. 866-963-2037. And uh, let's go to Jacob in Alabama. Hey, Jacob, thanks for calling the show today. How's my sister doing today? Good. I'm doing pretty good. All right. Um I don't know what you did, but you done probably went upside Brother brother Bernie's head and he can't think no more. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, he deserves it. I'm, I, I would really prefer him to go into some kind of, because he's, he's never really worked hard. He's only been in Congress. And then before that, he was like on the dole. He, he should be somewhere um, in one of those communes. You know, they have the nudist communes and all these different places where yes. ne'er-do-wells go yes. and they just, you, you don't have to work and they have like people communally share the food and as long as you're entertaining you can be there and the weather's fine so you don't need winter clothes that's where i would like to see him yeah. go yeah he's a, he's a mess i got some information for you did you um ever have anything on your show dealing with the national council on bible curriculum i don't think so yeah there's a lady um let me get her name i got a lot, I, I usually compile a lot of information it's the National Council on Bible Curriculum in Public Schools, um, P.O. Box 9743. Okay, we can't give out their mailing address on 
uh, on the air. And so thank you so much for calling. But we can't give the we can't give P.O. boxes out or mailing addresses over the airwaves. Um, so definitely actually post that on the Facebook page and I'll definitely reach out and see if we can get interviews if, if that works in with what we're doing. Um, let's go to Gidget in Texas. Thank you so much for calling the show. Uh, yes. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. How are you? I can't hear you, ma'am. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Well, okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I just wanted some information. You had talked about, uh, the single appear, uh, uh, insurance or whatever that the Democrats want. I don't understand because, uh, like, um, if, you know, like people that have, I, I'm a diabetic, so I have a pre, you know, precondition. So Medicare, as a young person, would help me as, you know, somebody with a pre-existing condition. And I'm having a hard time understanding why, uh, you know, the right or you or anybody else is having a hard time with that. And why would I, why I would have a hard time with uh, with Medicare for all? Yeah, and let me get okay. One well, I'll tell thing. you. What what's the other thing? Bernie Sanders was not a person that didn't do anything. Oh, okay. I'm not going to argue with you about that, uh, Gidget. I'm not going to argue with you about Bernie Sanders. You're, You're done. You're done. So Bernie Sanders' history is readily available on Google. You're welcome to do that. He has not had one piece of legislation passed in the 25 years he's been in Congress. So 178,000 a year. And then you can back that up. Obviously, it wasn't 178,000 every year, but that's what he makes now um, for nothing. No bills passed. And now he's running for president perennially and trying to shift the country further to the left. But you you mentioned Social Security and Medicare trust funds. So right now, Social Security and Medicare are um, they're they're running out of money. And so Medicare for all cannot actually be funded. So you you're saying you have a preexisting condition. So you want Medicare for all good for you. If you're poor, you can actually do, you can you can do that. If you want to have government insurance, you can actually do that. We have something called Obamacare right now, which you can still access. But for you to say that you want to force the rest of it on the rest of us onto it just because you have an issue is really selfish and indicative of why you support Bernie Sanders. But before I roast you on that, because that's not nice, let me give you this data on Social Security. Most Americans will eventually receive Social Security and Medicare benefits. And Social Security specifically consists of two parts. Retired workers and their families and survivors of workers receive monthly benefits under the Old Age and Survivors Insurance Program, OASI, and disabled workers and their families receive monthly benefits under the Disability Insurance Program, or DI. The combined combined programs are referred to as OASDI, and each program has a financial account, which is a trust fund that holds the Social Security payroll taxes that are collected to pay the Social Security benefits. Other income, which are reimbursements from the general fund of the U.S. Treasury and income tax revenue from benefit taxation, is also deposited into these accounts. So the current workers pay for the workers who are retired. That's how this thing was set up. The best Ponzi scheme they ever foisted on Americans. Now, money that's not needed in the current year to pay benefits and administrative costs is invested by law in a special treasury bond that is guaranteed, guaranteed by the U.S. government and it earns interest. As a result, the Social Security trust funds have built up reserves that can be used to cover benefit obligations if payroll tax income is insufficient to pay those benefits. Okay, so what's the problem? Well, the problem is that. Those are both insolvent and as is Medicare. And I actually have some uh, audio that we'll get to later that addresses specifically a federal spending expert, someone who works with the federal government and is nonpartisan, said that doubling all federal income taxes would be insufficient to finance Medicare for all. So to answer your question, why would I or anyone else be opposed to it? Because we can't afford it and because I don't want the government running my health care. So anyone who wants it already has the option of having government health care. It's already out there for you. You just have to meet the criteria and you can access it. You sound like someone who you could access it. For everyone else who has employer-sponsored health insurance, why should we lose ours 
to suit you? Why should you get to from your couch in nowhere America get to tell the rest of us what kind of health insurance we get to have when we're over here working and supporting ourselves? That is the reason why I oppose Bernie Sanders, not to mention the fact that yesterday the government of Venezuela run by the dictator Maduro was they, they dispatched helicopters. Men with rifles were firing on peaceful protesters, people who are starving to death and eating pets and zoo animals because Maduro won't let U.S. aid and aid from other countries through so these people can eat. People who don't have health, they, they don't have any health insurance. They're, they're socialists, just like Bernie Sanders wants you to be, little miss who called. You're one of those people who you would be down there in the group protesting because you're starving and you're not getting your medication that you need, and they'd be shooting you from a helicopter. They also dispatched armored vehicles, like enclosed tanks, um, and those vehicles were running the people over in the street. Protesters that were not throwing rocks or bottles, they weren't launching grenades, they were just standing in the street protesting because they're starving. And their own government ran them over. And why? Because they've been disarmed. Ten years ago, they were disarmed, which is the same thing that that socialist Bernie Sanders wants to do to the rest of us. So, you know, if you want to live under Bernie Sanders type conditions, just move down to Venezuela and you can have all the government sponsored single health payer, Medicare for all type health insurance you want. You, but why, why do the rest of us have to bow down to what you want? I, I say no thanks to that. Not giving up the guns, not giving up the employer sponsored health care. Um, I wanted to get to and this was something that I'd actually prepared to share during the show. And it's pretty interesting because. This is something that people are asking. The question that's being asked is, what do we do? I just gave all, I just ran down all this stuff about how we don't have the money to fund Social Security, that the accounts are insolvent. They're not able to do what they want to do. Well, what's being done to address these challenges? Well, some of the proposals that are on the table are raising the Social Security payroll tax rate. According to this year's report, if they were to do that, it would have to be an immediate and permanent payroll tax increase of 2.7 percentage points, which would bring it to 15.1% of your income. That would be necessary to address the long range revenue shortfall. But if the increase was to be delayed until the year 2035, then you would actually have to have that increase be to 16%. You could raise or eliminate the ceiling on wages currently subject to Social Security payroll taxes, which the cap right now is 132900 you could raise the full retirement age beyond the currently scheduled age of 67. You could reduce future benefits, according to this year's report, to address the long-term revenue shortfall. And that would mean scheduled benefits would have to be immediately and permanently reduced by about 17% for all current and future beneficiaries, or by 20% if you applied them the reduction only to those who initially become an eligible after 2019. You could change the benefit formulas used to calculate the benefits, which means less money in your pocket, or you could calculate the annual cost of living adjustments for the benefits differently. In any case, any one or all of these would have to be undertaken in order to keep the account from, because it's going down to zero. And that, I've heard this my whole life. It used to be, oh, we have 50 years left. Oh, we have 25 years left. Now they're saying 2023. That's like right around the corner. That means people will be looking for checks in the mail or using their cards or looking in their bank accounts, and there won't be any money coming from the federal government. And what do you think the Democrats are going to say? Well, just raise everybody's taxes. That's what they're going to say. They're the ones who took the money out of the so-called lockbox or trust fund and spent it and said they'd put it back later. They've never put it back. And now they want to expand government programs when we can't even afford to pay for the ones that we have now. And I'll just give one more note uh, for programming wise. You are welcome to call in. And if you disagree, that, that's not, that shouldn't preclude you from calling in. But you won't be allowed to filibuster and just run all over the place. And especially if you're calling in just because you want to say nice things about Bernie Sanders, you might as well just waste your time calling somebody else because I'm not going to sit here and listen to it. The man is an utter buffoon who wants to destroy this country. And there's no way I'm going to allow you to sit here on the air and, you know, well, we need to say... Um, we need to say nice things about him. No, we don't. All right, let's go to Jake in uh, Arkansas. Jake, thank you for calling the show. You mean Kyle? Oh, okay. We have two people calling from yeah. Arkansas. If you're Kyle, thank you for calling. What's your comment? Yeah, 
Okay, real quick, uh, Stacey, I've never called, but, you know, at first when you got on, I, I, I would always listen to Brian Fisher, but I've really found you to be quite informative. So what I wanted to do is challenge anybody. Like last week you mentioned Sherathon. I sent some money in. Everybody else that did that should call about this H.R. 5. I've been researching it since it was on and called my representative, French Hill, and told him whatever he does, vote against that because it's just such a – uh, what I call it is literal transanity. You know, I've got a little daughter. We don't go to Target or any place that, you know, she may be put in jeopardy like that. But this sounds like something It doesn't matter where we go, mm-hmm. possibly even including churches, we're going to be forced to accept something. And, you know, I'm I'm of the Caucasian persuasion, like you say, permanently tan. Mm-hmm. If I was a black person, this would appall me that they're, they're co-opting the civil rights struggle that blacks went through for, for uh, you know, these transgenders. It's just mm-hmm. appalling to me. But it I appreciate is. you taking my show. Uh, Kyle, thank you. Thank you for calling. And that suggestion that you just made, please, listeners, if you, if you weren't unable to hear him, I'll just reiterate. He's saying call your congressperson. Call your congressperson. And my producer was awesome. I gave you the White House switchboard. But he said the switchboard over at the at Congress, you can call Congress's switchboard directly. They will also put you into your congressperson. The number is 202-225-3121, 202-225-3121. Jake in Arizona, Arkansas, Jake in Arkansas. Thank you for calling the show. You have about a minute. <laughs> can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Yes, Stacey, this is Jake. Uh, I was listening. I think she said her name was Gidget from wherever. But she was saying she liked it because they get free health care. I worked my butt off all my doggone life ever since I was in the ninth grade. And then I had my own health care. Now I'm almost 62. Now everybody wants something for free. Look at Arnold Sportsnade in California. He's going to give everybody health care for free. I'm going to give everybody in California health care. What is California at now? Broke. Mm-hmm. They are broke. They're taking people income tax, and I raise up the gas. And I don't understand how everybody wants something for free. Thank you. I mean, you can say it again for the people in the back. It's foolishness. It's like it's like somebody who um, they snatch the ball away from you when you're trying to kick it, or someone who promises you that you're going to have something awesome, and then they take your money, and then they leave, and they don't give you anything. And you actually say to yourself, they're going to they'll do it next time. No, you're a fool. You are being used and made fun of and robbed and you're still coming back for more. That's what these people are like. It's it, I don't understand it. I mean, I get it that some people are naive, but this is beyond that. It's malicious and it's it's crazy and I just can't tolerate it. Jake, thanks for calling and for holding on. Um, if you're still in there, hold on. Uh, we have one news now news and information up next. Um And if you're leaving us now, God bless from the heartland. Thanks for being with us.